Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. It is U.S. Open week. That's Mike. right, man. Tory Pines. Yeah, I feel like we wait forever for the majors to come around, and then they just come fast and furious. They do, but it's like the best time of the year. It's like one after the next. Like you get like a couple week break, you go into a little bit of a lull. Yeah, and then the next one comes, you go into a little lull. Now the Open's going to be the next one. Yeah, can't man. wait. And Tory, Tory, what a what Tory. a setting. Yeah, uh, exactly. For, for it's going to be a gorgeous Open. look. I'm sure the course is going to be playing very hard. No doubt about it. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I always like this one. Um, and then coming up not too long after that, you've got the Open Championship, which uh, we didn't have last year. That's right. You know, it was the only of the majors that was completely canceled. Um, so I think that that's going to be a, a hugely refreshing thing to see back. All these things guys kind of feel like more and more we're getting a little bit back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just exciting. Hey, do you think Tori will be scorable? Do you think um, it's the first U.S. Open that'll be scorable in a long time? That's a great question. I think that there's a lot of course knowledge and history there yeah. because it's been played by some of these guys so often. You think of like how much Tiger knows that course, right? right? But unfortunately, he won't be in the field. Um, but I, I don't know. It just really depends on how they set it up. They can set that course they up. They can set it difficult. Like, they can right. get that rough really grown in. True. The wind and, is a big factor. Want, exactly. We're going to have to see how the weather plays out. Like, that's true. But, uh, that's true. Either way, it's going to be exciting. And uh this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about another thing that kind of comes up as a, as a common question, especially in the pursuit for more distance, uh, more speed. But you'll be finding that this will even re result in a little bit more consistency. But that's going to be the idea of a shoulder turn and how that shoulder turn affects the way you deliver that club to the ball mm -hmm. and, and how effectively you can go and make a bigger shoulder turn because we see so many of the guys on tour and we see their swing speeds and again a lot of it looks so effortless yep. but largely because their mechanics are so sound you know these guys you look at a guy like Bryson DeChambeau who's just blasting the ball to a whole new level um, but the shoulder turn that he's making um, it really what it does is it, it just gives that 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 arc even more room more space and more distance for that club to reach the kind of speeds that you want yep that you can start mm -hmm. to get that that distance that you want but Again, every golfer is going to be different. Every golfer is going to be built different. So we're even going to talk a little bit about your own personal limitations, how to know if you're kind of taking it too far. Um, but there's going to be a little bit of something in here for everyone. So we will dive into that in a moment. Of course, though, before so doing so, I want to do some quick updates just around golf history because this is our, our busy thing season. Things are happening quickly. We've got a lot of exciting things. One is that the Pinehurst series is just starting to wind down. Yeah, that's right. You this know? week's the cradle. Yeah, the cradle. Yep. Sad to see it go. It'll be the last episode of the Pinehurst series. Um, but we're going to back that right up, and we're going to be doing another fun travel series, which we'll be filming in July. Uh, we're calling it the Jersey Shore Tour. And yes, of course, no relation to, to the, the Jersey Shore show. on MTV. Uh, this instead is we're, we're, we are both, you know, we're based here in New Jersey. Our office is in New Jersey. And we really wanted an opportunity and a chance to highlight some of the really great golf courses here in New Jersey, specifically in central and southern New Jersey. So we're going to be all within kind of driving distance of Atlantic City. And it also not only for the, for the locals, but also for a lot of people who might be making that trip. Because when we were in Pinehurst, funny enough, some of the guys we got paired up with who were playing golf all over the country were asking, you know, where should I play when I'm in 
Jersey right. where I'm coming through that area. So I think this was a way we can kind of highlight that. If you, it's a, it's an easy enough thing. You can stay in Atlantic City and you can play so much great golf. But how many uh, how many courses do you think we're going to end up playing while we're down? I there? think we'll definitely get five rounds in. Good. Um, you know, I, I could tell you two of them right away. We're going to play both courses at Seaview. Nice. They have the LPGA there. Uh, it's a gorgeous resort and and the courses are great. Uh, both completely different. Uh, they were telling me different character. So it'll be two different stories there. I'm going to try to get Twisted Dune involved with that. Maybe Atlantic City Country Club, Ballamore's down there, Scotland Run. So these are some courses that might be on that series. A lot of great stuff. Yeah. It's been a lot of years since I played Twisted Dune. Uh, but really, really fun track. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then, of course, we're going to keep the giveaways going. Um, we'll talk in a minute about you know ShotScope, one of the the our key sponsors here on the, on the podcast, always so generous in donating products, uh, but they love to challenge us. Mm-hmm. We have to earn our giveaways. Yep. So yep. we had this idea where, speaking of New Jersey, we played what we call the hardest pin location in New Jersey. You'll have to wait to see it. That video will be out really shortly. Uh, and they challenge us to see if, if we could get it on the green and if we could get it within 10 feet. And for every one, we got to earn another giveaway. So we're going to be giving away a bunch of, of shot scope v3 watches and pro l1 laser rangefinder stay tuned for can't that. wait that one's a banger and speaking of giveaways you just uh mailed out that entire simulator i from, did from opti shot felt good to get that thing out of my garage i'm surprised you could even fit it all in your car good thing you got the jeep yeah i had to put the top down imagine <laughs> <laughs> seeing this guy drive by with the top down in like a big simulator box yep, hanging out. it was sticking out of the top but thankfully the ups store's at the bottom of my hill so it was it was very very quick drive to get it there it was heavy but we did get it out so that's good. There you go. And we'll keep those giveaways rolling. Uh, we always appreciate all of your support out there. And guys, if you're not already subscribed to us on YouTube, you may listen to the podcast each week on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. You, know, you may not know, we also do a video version of the podcast on YouTube and we give away a Titleist TSI driver to one random YouTube subscriber every single month. So, uh, you're going to want to be a part of that. It's a cool if phone call to get, man. It is a cool phone call to get. We've surprised a few people already, and we'll keep those rolling. And uh, the good news is if you're already subscribed, you don't have to do a thing. You're entered. Just you're entered. be ready Plus, if, in case you get that phone call. Plus, there's always giveaways within the giveaways. Like, I'm going to call someone today, one of the winners of our Smathers and Branson giveaway from Pinehurst. Yeah. Just from that video. So... If you're not there, you're missing out. We love it. We love giving back, and we love having fun with these giveaways. It's always nice to, to surprise people and make their day. Absolutely. Um, go Frank, ahead. I just want to, before we segue into tonight's taste topic, I just want to do a quick update, uh, state of our games, because we've been playing a lot of golf, and we've been playing some really unique golf. We've been playing, I think in the past month, we played a par 68, a par 65, and recently a par 3 course at Hamilton Farm, mm-hmm. which was a par 54. So we've been seeing, you know... The, the non-traditional 72s and 70s, it's cool to see these types of courses. It's great to work on our short game. I almost had a couple of hole-in-ones the other day. Yeah, you did. Uh, you were lighting it up at Pinchbrook on that par 65. I think you shot a 77, right? 77. Par 65, but hey, 77. No, but still, yeah, I mean, think about it. it. What is that, 12 over? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. It's like an 84, 83 on a regular day. So that, that's some good stuff. So I think a lot of our games are coming together, but, but we could tell like from, from round to round each week, there are things that are coming and going in my game. Some things will click for a week and then they'll be out. The driver will be hot, the mid irons, but Hey man, I've been finding time with practice. And I, I think I said this on the last episode that taking my child to golf school and golf instruction has been giving me instruction and giving me that excuse or time to go hit a bucket of balls. Right. 
I found an excuse. Well, I got to take my kid there. She's there with the coach. I'm going to go hit a bucket of balls. Forced practice. It was pretty and, sweet. And you know what? It really, so much of it comes down to doing that, putting the work in. You know, we can talk about these different topics and things that you can do each week, but in order to really improve, you know, I think you can make some improvement just off of conceptualizing and understanding certain concepts of the game, but to really improve, you got to put the work in. And we, another thing we've been doing is we've been doing a lot of these playing lessons. And when we pick up the tips while we're there working with the pros, we like to let you guys know about them here and hopefully that it'll help you but one thing we just did we just did another playing lesson and um i remember one thing that he said to me which was he's so key he's like just so many of the people that i work with they just don't end up practicing it yep. they you know everybody kind of wants that quick and easy fix but he's like really separates the the good golfers from the guys who kind of plateau and, and never get past a certain point is the the amount of, of putting the work in. And we had done a, another playing lesson earlier, you know, last month with Tom Reynolds at, at Crystal Springs. And he kept saying the same thing. He's like, when we get to different scenarios, he'd be like, now remember, this is something you want to jot down because you want to come back and practice this shot and work on this type of shot. So it was just, it was nothing that could just be immediately fixed in your game while you're out there. You really needed to Take the lesson, but then put the work in. That's just it. Yeah. And put the right work in too. I mean, don't think you have to go spend 45 minutes. I tell this to people all the time. I got friends and buddies who recently, just because of the pandemic, were like, Mike, man, you got me inspired. You got me into golf. I'm like, great. What are you doing? He's like, go on the range, hit a bucket of balls. I'm like, you doing anything else while you're there? No. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's tranquil, Frank, to throw in AirPods and sit on a practice green if you have the time, of course, and just to roll for about 15, 20 minutes, get back in your car and go home. It doesn't cost you any money. Take the balls out of your bag, put in some music, have a drink with you, whatever, and then get out of there. Try it. Yeah. I love to do that when I get the time. Like I said, when I'm at my daughter's golf lesson, if you could find the time to do it. Well, do we, it. we say this a lot, too. It's, it's, the idea is not to just to go there and just be beating balls. Mm -hmm. You want to have something that you're focusing on, something that you're working on while you're there. And it could be something you learned in a lesson or a, a drill that a coach gave you, but focused practice. I mean, focused practice will all day you know 15 minutes of focus practice will beat an hour of just hitting golf balls mm -hmm. you know so if you, you don't if you're limited on time like we are make sure you're really focused on that practice that's, that's it, okay man. um Oh, another thing I want to mention, we will be bringing the Twitter tap-in segment back. I know a lot of you guys have been asking for it. it, it, it we haven't done it the last week or so. Uh, just been kind of tied up with some other things. We want to make sure we're we're putting some questions out there that are going to really drive some fun conversations. So we will be bringing the Twitter tap-in segment back really soon. In the meantime, I want to do a quick word from our sponsors. Then I want to dive into this whole topic of making that shoulder turn and how you can really introduce more of that into your swing for for some more power. Um, so firstly, of course, want to thank Titleist and guys, um, one thing I would encourage you to do, and this is something that we did not too many seasons ago, and then we revisited it again. I think it's just like club fitting. Every once in a while, you want to revisit it because not only does your game change, but there are advancements that happen to the equipment, in this case, the ball. But going for a fitting every once in a while is something that can really help you because it'll drive that confidence that you're playing the right ball, and it'll make sure you're not leaving something on the table. You know, I really, for a long time, was gaming the AVX, the Titleist AVX. Love the feel of it. Uh, we, we did a fitting on that 
And what I found is that although the AVX performed incredibly well for me, I just got a little bit more from the Pro V1 in that I was able to get a little bit of a higher trajectory. And, and ultimately, with the new Pro V1, I still get that soft feel that I liked of the AVX. But again, I could have been possibly leaving that on the table if I didn't do the fitting. So if right. you go to the Titleist mm -hmm. website, you can go under balls there and you can start to see if there's some different locations and, and different areas where you can do a fitting. You can also ask independent fitters if they do ball fittings. If so, definitely try the Titleist uh, lineup, AVX, Pro V1, Pro V1X. I believe there's going to be something in that lineup for every single golfer. Yeah, and you could do those fittings for absolutely no cost at the Titleist Thursdays. And they, could they have the whole lineups there, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but that's the, those fittings, golf ball fittings are my favorite ones. By they far. are. I just feel like it's, it's so funny. The golf ball being such a key piece of equipment that you use on every shot. You may change the club, but you're using the same golf ball on every shot. But check out the new lineup. Like I said, they've, the, the redesigned Pro V1 and Pro V1X, they've got a new aerodynamic cover. Uh, it's really designed from core to cover redesign. Longer distance, that softer feel that I like so much, uh, and really more green side spin and control. And like I said, no matter what your level is, no matter how good of a golfer you are or how much of a beginner you are, we can all pull off good shots once in a while, it, right? Yeah. And when you do, you want a ball that can perform and step up to that. Right. So being right. able to do that is so key. So go to Titleist.com, check out the new lineup, and find a place to do a ball fitting near you. Love it. And also, guys, we want to thank FootJoy. <laughs> FootJoy sets the standard for golf shoe performance and style. And in 2021, with the all-new Premier Series, we're loving this shoe. Loving this shoe. It's always getting favorite, the comments. My current, current favorite shoe. You know, um, but, you know, these are inspired by golf shoes of the past. But get this, supercharged for today's game. So these shoes were designed in collaboration with the world's best players. Guys like Justin Thomas, Adam Scott, who else? Uh, Max Homa. Uh, the Premier Series features classic styling with premium waterproof leather think about that yeah i love it premium because we're playing in all conditions it was raining the other day we had these things on i love having them they're great details they exude this craftsmanship and like i said everyone comments like where did you get those shoes they're stylish but they also perform so i mean it's complemented by that state-of-the-art comfort and performing features like their their versatrax plus outsole that's what keeps them so comfortable I mean, you can learn all about these shoes. Just visit uh, footjoy.com and check out the Premier Series today. And lastly, I want to thank Shotscope. Guys, we got that banger of a video we were talking about, the Shotscope. Yeah, yeah, oh, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait because we have a huge giveaway coming with them. Stay tuned. The video might be out by the time this podcast is out, but maybe not or maybe coming soon. So uh, just tune in for that. But I want to highlight something real quick. They just added this new feature called the Strokes gained and it's on the dashboard frank you're raving about this absolutely tell me this about is it. like next level and this is one thing too that i continue to rave about shot scope over is that there it's a one-time buy you buy the watch the v2 or the v3 for your stat tracking and then all the data is yours there's no monthly fee there's no subscription fee and the product that you buy one time continues to get better as they roll out more and more functionality. And one of those was strokes gained. And it is just the interface here. If you go into the app, I don't know if you guys can see that there, um, but 
On the strokes gained, incredibly easy to understand. You see your entire game broken out. You can see strokes gained uh, by you know tee shots, approach, short game, putting. So like we said earlier about having that focused practice, I can take a look right here and I can see where I'm losing the most strokes is in my approach game right now. And by using that, I can say, okay, the next time I have a chance to go out and practice, I'm going to work on those clubs that there you go. that I'm you know my for my approach. There's so your focus my practice. Wedges, we were talking my about. things like that mm-hmm. and. See, secondarily is putting where I see that I'm excelling lately is my tee shot so I can see that the work I've put in there has been paying off also it'll show you your strokes gain versus a tour player obviously a, a level that neither of us is going to be reaching <laughs> but at least it gives us some right. sort of perspective of where we are in a baseline comparison but you can also break down your strokes gained on each type of hole, par threes, par fours, par fives. And I can find that my strokes gain is best performing on par fives. That's where I'm scoring. There you go. Tell me something, but I've got my work to do on par fours and par threes. But again, just another impressive thing because here's something, it's a product that I've already owned and I get this little you know, Easter egg type surprise that it's even gotten better. But if well, you haven't just, checked out the strokes gain feature, guys, it, it, trust me, it is next level. It is really revolutionizing the way we use our stats. Yeah, and that's just it. It's not like when they roll out these new things. ShotScope is what I love. You don't have to go buy anything else. It's like, oh, we added this cool feature where when you get up to your drive, it'll instantly tell you how far that drive was on your watch. Okay, cool. That's yeah. something different. Yep. And all you have to do is do a firmware update and just plug in that's, your watch. That's it. Just a simple firmware update. I'm that's even looking at it now. You can break down strokes gain putting by distance. How would you ever <laughs> get this level with a pen and paper? Yeah, you're wow. just not going to. Yeah, so no, I can look not. at my strokes gain by distance. I can see that you know from different ranges, 10 feet and under, I need work. I need work. You know what I mean? But it's just, um, again, just incredible. Super easy to read and understand. You can see the kind of graphs right there. But. He does need work, folks, but I will attest to his T game is on point. Dude's driving the ball. <laughs> I am, and I'm, I'm working on that putting, guys. <laughs> That's it, man. That's going to be a big thing. And, uh, one thing we do every year is we do our, our kind of our goals episode, and we kind of highlight some things, and we check in at the end of the year on where we're at, and we use these stats. That's why ShotScope that. is key for that. So, yeah. guys, check out all the products that they make, including their range finders, as well at ShotScope.com slash golficity. Okay, Frank, it's time to talk about the shoulder turn. Yeah, and in case you haven't kind of noticed, uh, power is quite a hot topic in golf right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're looking at, look at how much attention uh, Bryson has gotten since the work he put in to really kind of level up his, uh, his distance. And, it's just it's it's notable. It's notable and and the reality is while I never am a an advocate for chasing distance because I think that that can hurt other areas of your game if you get too focused, I think golf is really a game of balance. It's balancing things out. However, I feel like once you've reached a certain level and a certain degree of consistency and you want to start stepping up distance, Distance is going to lead to scoring. I mean, you're going to be able to shorten up holes, and you see it. You see it on the highest possible level with a guy like Bryson. And there are a lot of different ways to get to distance. You can work on your flexibility. You can work on your your balance, your control, and ultimately put some work in even at the gym with certain specific exercises that help work those big muscles, which is what we're going to talk about in a moment. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about back, core, legs that really do it. But one key fundamental that you'll see with all golfers who have have that distance that we're after is that they all make a really big shoulder turn. You mean like back? 
Yes. So like they're what, turning their chest basically all the way behind they're them. Getting those shoulders and we and, and we did recently we did that gears where it measures everything. Right. It's making how many degree of shoulder turn they're putting into the ball. Now again, everyone's gonna be different. A very good instructor is going to work within your limitations. So we've we've had the opportunity to work with a lot of great instructors. Kevin Sprecker is, is one of them. Uh of course the guys at, at the um the Performance Institute there in Connecticut where we did the gears. Yep. And all of them will do something very important and they will be keeping an eye on what your physical limitations are. And then you can work potentially on improving those through a, through a, a physical regimen. But a good coach is never going to just say, hey, at, this is the amount of shoulder turn, X amount that the pro t- that the tour players are doing. So that's what you need to do because there is a certain degree where you can start to lose control and you can even injure yourself. Of course. Right. So being aware of like working where you are, but if you can introduce a little bit more by understanding the fundamentals, you'll find that you'll hit the ball better. You'll hit the ball further, but shoulder turn is one of those really important things. And if you, if nothing else, if you're new to golf, when you're watching the PG tour, when you're watching pro golfers, you can go on YouTube and watch a lot of slow motion swings. Take a note. I know that the, the swing happens so fast. It can be hard to see sometimes, but take a note at how much they turn their shoulders and we could get all the way into like deeper stuff, like upper and lower body connection and, and being able to, to move those independently. That's a whole big thing too. But for now, let's just focus on that shoulder turn and how important that is. Yeah. Now, so this is like thinking back to people who sometimes sway like me. When you sway to the side on a takeaway, you're not turning your shoulder. So you're redu- so I'm 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 guessing I'm I'm leaving speed on the table and consistency for sure. Speed being one of the big ones, but uh, now sway, it, it might be that, that you know you could still turn your shoulders and sway. But a lot of times what will happen is when you start to introduce these things that we don't want, like a sway, sometimes it's a compensation because you stop rotating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and your body in, in an attempt, in, in, in this case, a futile attempt to create more power, instead of rotating or if you reach a limit or you, you just don't rotate, now you start to sway to try to create more power. Right. Whereas that, that shoulder turn rotation is what's going to really create the power. So... um. Effectively, like the qu- first question is, okay, why? What are the, I always want to know the why. Like, what's the physics behind it? And the reason is, is to really simplify this. A big shoulder turn is going to put your hands and, by extension, the club that your hands are holding, further away from the ball at the top of the swing. What that means is going to be more room between the club and the ball, and that extra room really translates into more time for acceleration. Another thing we say of when you see these golfers who who have these very smooth but very very fast swing speed swings, think of like Freddie Couples, it's because of the fact that they're accelerating consistently. We talked about that before, and maximizing acceleration at the right time. Got it. But by putting your hands in that much fur- in that further back position with a big shoulder turn you're giving your body more time to uncoil and 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 accelerate you have more time to accelerate you're not, you're accelerating across a longer distance versus trying to accelerate in a short distance one guy to look at of course Rory McIlroy mm-hmm. um, you look at his shoulder turn i mean he's he's at 90 if not beyond that he's turning 90 degrees um 
So if you kind of been that in that way where you always felt like you have the ability to create more power in your game, uh, but you just can't make it happen, first thing might be is take a look at that shoulder turn. Are you turning enough? Are you giving your your body enough of a distance to allow yourself to accelerate through the ball? So that's one thing you'd want to identify. Uh, additionally, it's going to really improve your consistency. And this is something that, interestingly, I've been working on a whole lot in my short game where it doesn't necessarily matter how much shoulder turn I'm doing because I'm trying to generate a ton of power. But in my shorter chip shots, I'm trying to use the big muscles. And what I mean by that is just using my body's rotation to hit the ball. And that improves my consistency instead of getting arms Taking and the arms out yep. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. A lot of times, like the kind of natural intuitive way you think that you're creating speed is, is with the arms and pulling the arms down, things like that. But... Instead, if you can generate your power from those big core, shoulder, and like leg muscles, not only is it going to create more power, it's going to be, by definition, a little bit more consistent because you can work those muscles in in a more consistent plane than trying to rely on things like hands and arms and, and things like that. So just getting used to that turn, just making that turn and and, and uncoil. I, I, for, I forget what... One of the most famous, you know, golf instructors for a while, he just said that, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly, but he said like golf is just like two turns, you know, a turn back and a turn forward. Right. Mm. And when we we go, like we we take that simplification out and we add all these like crazy adjustments. But by focusing more on taking all the big muscles and just making that, that big turn back and then just letting that turn uncoil, it can really lead to more consistency yeah i mean a little bit of that i saw was when that playing lesson we had recently with ryan hager over at Plainfield, and i told him i was like ryan i hate these short chips on these tight lies i feel like i'm either going to chunk it or skull it and i'm not going to commit to it and he goes well he goes take a shot and i sure enough i think i duffed it and he goes you got very handsy i mean your wrists were moving right try just locking your arms and just like you know kind of getting more of your body into it not your wrists and keeping the arms straight and i think i had tried it two or three times and every time it was it was great that's it because that's a more consistent motion than trying to rely on the hinge and all those types of things right now granted in a full full swing swing, it's a lot right things like wrist hinge and things like that are going to really help generate a lot of power Mm -hmm. but in your case in my case too where we were talking about these short kind of pitch chip shots we don't need that it's just a it's a it's just a kind of a simplified way of showing you how just rotation can be so important right um and the other thing too is it really as you work on this and you get better with your with your shoulder turn it will help your timing a little bit more because you'll get more accustomed to making that big shoulder turn and then just again you could put really a lot of focus into that bat, that takeaway and getting that shoulder turn and then at that point just the the down and through swing is just like letting what you raveled up unravel yeah exactly and it, and it just becomes a little bit easier than trying to time things with hands so we've set you up for it you want it. You want that great shoulder turn. How do we get it is the next thing. And a lot of this is going to come back to what you, you almost hear us say, if you listen to us regularly week after week, is getting yourself in a good setup so that you can let these things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, again, one of the the best advice we ever got, and, and I'm and now at this point, we've been fortunate enough to work with so many instructors, I can't remember uh, who said this. I think this was Kevin Sprecher. He said that one of his pro, one of his um, instructors and teachers had said that he's never seen a, a good swing. Uh, he's never seen a bad swing 
from a good setup. How, what did he say? How do you yeah, phrase that? Yeah, I know you're talking about Jim McClain. Jim McClain, he, he said he's um he's never seen a good swing from a bad setup, but he's seen, seen you know bad swings from from good setups or something like something that. like effectively. That. I butchered it, and Kevin will probably kick me for it. Yep. But the most important thing he was saying is that. If you get yourself in a good setup, you're giving yourself the opportunity to make a good swing. Once you're in a bad setup, it just um, becomes almost impossible to make a good swing. Because at that point, you're relying on things like timing and all this other stuff. Right. So one area where that's going to be is, and we've done entire episodes on this, is kind of your your stance and your stance width. So you want to make sure that your stance width is is enough to give you a solid foundation and a base that will support a big shoulder turn, but it's not so far that it restricts your your ability to rotate. Makes sense. So if you think about it, the further your 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 feet go apart, the more uh, restricted you become in your ability to turn. So you probably want to get as wide as you're balanced. Uh, effect well yeah there, there's as, as wide as you can freely rotate freely rotate so you're gonna find if you go too distance. far you're gonna you can't rotate like right I mean, of course i always think like test limits so just stand there go really like crazy wide with your legs and try to rotate and just see you can't you can't mm-hmm. rotate very far then put your feet completely together you can rotate like crazy but you can't you're not stable enough to really swing it with speed. There's a nice happy medium in between. So again, countless lessons and books have been written on stance width. The most important thing I want to do here is just, again, direct your attention to it. Make sure you're starting from a good stance width that will give you the ability to turn those shoulders and make a nice big shoulder turn and and stay on balance. Um, And the other thing would be making sure that your chin is up away and away from your chest a little bit. I think one thing that a lot of us will do is we get that advice so much to keep your head down that a lot of newer golfers will just tuck that chin way, way, way down. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, if you got that chin way tucked down, you can't turn your shoulders. Yeah. You can't move. Right. right so right, yeah. so just having that little bit of space there where you know your head is still down, but you've got space that your shoulders can move underneath your head and underneath your chin. You know, your chin, it really, it, it provides a path for your left shoulder. As a righty golfer, your left shoulder is going to travel like underneath your chin. So if your chin is even just a little bit too much tucked, it can actually act as a block for that left shoulder, not allowing it to turn too far. Interesting. Or, yeah. or the shoulder will come interfere with the chin and starts to turn your head. Right. So just make sure that you're understanding, like, again, the physics, your shoulder's got to be able to turn under that chin. So keeping that chin just enough up that provides that path that it can work underneath it. So that's an important one. And then a big one, I think we've all struggled with this. We struggle with the tempo. We talked about tempo in a previous episode. Yeah. But a lot of us, especially, you know, great golfers have great tempo at every swing. A lot of us golfers who are, you know, higher handicappers, newer to the game, we find that our tempo changes a lot depending on the situation. There are times where we're under a little bit more pressure, a little bit more stress, or we, you know, we're not confident in the club we have in our hands, and we try to rip it. And what's our the, tempo changes? Right? What's the one thing I always say? If you hit a bad shot, what do I notice right away? What do I get shout too, at you? Get too quick, too quick, too quick. Right, it's instant, instant feedback. You know it, we know it, and you see how much of a disaster it creates when your tempo is off, mm-hmm. right? But the other thing that can happen is as you get a little bit too quick you don't allow the swing to naturally develop. And one part of that is you don't allow yourself to make the type of shoulder turn, a real shoulder turn. You end up, you end up selling yourself short and cutting off some of that shoulder turn because you rush it. You're so rushed to get 
that transition into the downswing from the backswing that you almost stop turning your shoulders. Yeah. So like a, a fine wine, you know, <laughs> let it age a little bit. Let right. that swing age. Let it give yourself that nice time for yourself to make a full turn in the backswing. And again, assuming you're not limited by any physical restrictions, it could just be something as simple as just making sure you're giving yourself enough time to get all the way back there into a big. And, and this is where, too, it could be a good thing that. You don't have to change too much to make a bigger shoulder turn right. other than just allowing yourself to make a bigger shoulder turn. Yeah. Stop abbreviating your takeaway. I wonder, is that, that, is that why <coughs> Mat, uh, Matsuyama does that pause? Is that to like ensure that he's turned? Or to... uh, I doubt it because he, he doesn't pause until he gets all the way back there. Okay. For him, I'm sure it's more of a timing just or a, a time. thing. Yep, yep. Yeah. But what I'm saying is here is like where we start our downswing so soon, we actually stop our, our rotation and we don't allow that full ro shoulder rotation, which would give us the power that we're after. Gotcha. Yep. So during that backswing, give yourself as much time as you need to make a big turn in a, in a really comfortable manner. And don't forget, you know, it may seem like a long time to you, but it's if you videotape yourself, you'll still see it's still happening quick. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not taking a minute to get the club back. There. Right. You know, it just may feel like it, but it, it could be, you know, kind of difficult to, to get this at first. Don't forget, uh, like we said before, any big changes, make sure that you, you do it on the range first. Start to get a feel for it. Start slow. Start slow, especially with this type of tip of just giving yourself more time and, and bringing it back a little bit further. But no, it's never going to help whipping that club back really fast to try to force the to shoulder turn. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that's going to do is you got to stop all that momentum. Right. And then, and then, you know, the transition becomes harder. So that be leads to kind of like the last point here, which is don't force it. You know, by trying to whip that club back there or going further than what you're comfortable with, A, it can lead to injury. But B, you can start to get yourself in a in a position where you start to lose that ball striking consistency, which is not what we want. You know, we just want to be able to add a little bit more power to the ball striking that we already have. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a limitation on anything. So you can even you could test your limits a little bit. Just put a little bit more shoulder turn in and see where things start to fall apart and then realize that's too far for you, at least right now. With a little bit of practice, you might be able to get to that point. But the last thing we want anyone to do is injure themselves. Everyone's body is built different. Just because your buddy can turn 90 degrees doesn't necessarily mean you can. There's right. things you can do mm -hmm. potentially to work up to it or whatever it may be. But the thing that you got to do is I think if if you had a, 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 like a, a, a scale and you had to balance those two things out, I would say that making sure that, that you staying on balance is the more important thing. Like, Don't start to give a, up balance for more turn. I like it. More turn is great. More power is great. But balance is so key. And one thing you can find if you're off balance is just hold your finish and see if you're falling forward, back, whatever. Or do you feel like you're falling backwards or to the side or, as you said, sliding in your takeaway? That would tell you that you're losing some of your balance. So try to make that shoulder turn, but as much as you can, staying within balance. Keep that as one of the most important things. Because as soon as your balance is off, that's when that ball striking kind of goes out the window. Sure. And I'm sure fitness helps this too. You know, no staying doubt. flexible, yoga, stretching. No like doubt that. about it. So if you're working out at the gym or if you're working with a trainer or whatever, you could tell them, hey, I, I play golf and I'm working on more shoulder turn. Mm -hmm. They can often give you some different exercises like band exercises yeah, and stuff like that yep. that'll make you more strong the core strong enough to, to support a big shoulder turn or even flexibility there's a lot mm -hmm. of things you can do yoga whatever it may be to increase your flexibility but again do it 
with understanding your own limitations in mind. Like, I don't know who out there might have had a surgery or something that, that limits that. You got to work within your own body. One of my favorites to do, if you go to a gym that has equipment, then you know those pull-down ropes where you do like the tricep pull-downs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to take those and literally get it so heavy to the where the max weight is at where the club would be on you know what I mean? Yep. On the turn. Mm-hmm. And then try to pull it down slowly and bring it back to work on this court. But I won't just do it on that side. It's very important to do the same thing on the other side, obviously. But even more importantly for the golf swing, because you're you swing both ways in golf. Right. Whether you you know it or not. So yeah. one of the things that I love doing for more it's power. So core true. Power. Like a, as like a righty, we can get too much. And that can lead to injuries too. Just too much trying to go and move one. in one direction. Because mm-hmm. although we do bring the club back it's not nearly with the same force that we bring it down and yeah. through so and i mean that's why even we have the left the lefty club. club i was gonna say yeah, yeah. To, to every once in a while swing and, and, and wind the body the other direction mm-hmm. but um again that shoulder turn it's gonna help you get more distance but again do it the right way work it in slowly work it in on the range make sure you're working within your own personal limitations of your body and what your body can do and what it can turn uh ideally under the the advisement and watch of of, of a coach um but just being aware of it and understanding this fundamental of the golf swing is just another important thing that leads towards you becoming a better golfer yeah Definitely. So that's everything we have for you guys this week. You can get to the show notes by going to golfacity.com slash episode 379, or as always in the Golfacity app, which is free for Android and iOS. Um, and if you have some of your own tips, uh, maybe it's a drill that you did to, to improve your shoulder turn, or maybe it's a lesson where um, the the coach said something that really hit home and it made you better understand your shoulder turn um, or whatever it may be, a limitation, something that you've experienced around this topic. Make sure you let us know. You can drop a comment below if you're watching this on YouTube or on Facebook Watch, or you could drop a, a message in our Facebook group. Uh, just search the Golf Podcast. You'll find our group. It's a free group. And that way we can kind of continue the conversation because this is one of those topics that could be never ending there's a lot to this but we want to make sure we at least gave you guys the fundamentals for now so that's everything we have for you guys and we'll see everybody again next week